Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm Andrea, or as most people call me, Anj. And this is Trendish. We'll be covering relationships, faith, leadership, health, and everything in between. I'll definitely troll. And I'll probably cry. And we're so glad you're here to witness the whole thing. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Am I too close to the mic? Nope, you're great. Okay. We're back. Here we are. You're probably literally going to open it with me asking about the mic, too. It's so annoying. <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Well, we should be saying welcome back to us. By us, I mean Jamie. <laughs> Throw me Jamie, under the bus. Welcome, it only took 18 seconds. Welcome back. Classic. <laughs> from your sabbatical. Thank you so much. It's been needed. Uh, for those of you who have been wondering, you know, are we still doing trendish stuff? Well, we trendish. weren't, um, but right. now we are. Mm-hmm. Are Jamie and I still friends? Why was I not at her 30th birthday party? We're talking We're about not recording it. episodes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't really have a huge dramatic um, story, to tell. story on, <laughs> on yeah. the reasoning for any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just our personal stories that all tied into us not recording recently. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to just say I'm a little worried that when you have this second baby, we're going to have your sabbatical. <laughs> Well, we are for the first few months. Yeah, so... I planned for that, though. I didn't plan for yours. I I didn't plan for mine either. (laughs) So, friends, Um, you're probably going to get a good, like, two months of episodes, and then we might be off the air again. Sorry for the tease. If you're loyal, you're loyal. Loyal. If you're not, you're not, you Um, know? Yeah. I think we could at least squeeze in a couple good, you know, series, interviews, episodes. Mm -hmm. In this crazy world, we could record ahead, so we still could release stuff. We could. Wouldn't hey, honestly, something? I'm probably going to need the the outlet of doing something else besides maternity leave. So, and I'm ready. Might to, not be as long as a sabbatical as you think. I'm ready to hang out with Liam all the time. Well, we're not going to hang out with him here on a podcast. That would be fun. <laughs> Just a little a little clip. <laughs> well, wondering where we've been, Jamie. Where have we been? You just want to kick us off here? I don't know what to say. Honestly. First, I'll say this. I was dying last week and the yeah. week before that and the week before that. Yeah. All in the middle of Jamie's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to us at all, this is literally the birthday that I thought she's had four times now. So it was really unfortunate. Or maybe God was just playing a joke on me <laughs> that, that I couldn't actually be there. Uh-huh. Um, but I had this deathly bronchitis and asthma... I guess if you have asthma, then the doctor told me that when you have bronchitis, it's giving your asthma asthma. Awesome. And I've never felt like more of a 15-year-old dweeb. So I was <laughs> like, am I back in high school? I'm like taking my inhaler every three hours on a steroid, mm-hmm. like literally might as well have had like glasses and Zits. braces. Yeah, yeah. That is honestly what it felt like. So, um, so while, while I was surviving that... Jamie was in Austin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had said previously in an episode, like, my expectation for my friend group is we're going on a trip. <laughs> and we did, but on, you know, she couldn't come, but I was at her house at 6 I at least rallied the trip. You did. I at least started I'm grateful. It. I was at that your was house it. with my trunk open, ready to receive Oh my gosh, yeah, bags. that's the best part of the story. I'm, like, ready to go. I am dying, literally. But I'm feeling slightly better, so I'm like, surely I can go, like, I can make it happen. Jamie rolls up, I'm gagging. I am literally gagging in our bathroom because I couldn't breathe. (laughs) Or I was choking on mucus. I'm still really unsure of what was happening in that moment, but I uh, 
did not go. After you called We were me. moments. We were oh, yeah. seconds Literally. away from me going. After you called me, like, because you were going to maybe come a few hours later, after you called me and said that you weren't coming, Lauren was like, Jam, I got to say, that was a really mature response from you. Immature? No, mucher. Oh. Like, it was a good response, like, how I responded to you. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is well, 30. Well, you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say you're 30. This is so. me, mature now. And I'm sucking also, whether like, we like it or not. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Be mad at you for having bronchitis and being <laughs> contagious? Like, I, I, I don't personally want bronchitis. Oh, my gosh. That was a twist, so. too. When I was going to go, I didn't even know I had bronchitis. Yeah. And also didn't know I was contagious at the time, so... I mean, like, I'm grateful. Yeah, really, it worked out because I was truly moments away from getting in a car with all of them, but um, we spared ourselves. But I didn't get to go, so... Yeah. What a what a time it's been. Yeah. What a pregnancy it's been. It has it's been, been one for the books. It has been for you. I feel like I'm... I feel like you've been... Sick. Sick <laughs> For six time. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about how it's been. So, meanwhile, I've just been sick and pregnant and now hot, so yeah. just sweating, and Jamie has been on sabbatical. <laughs> yes, folks, I have. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what to say. I I have thought about it so much and sat in it so much. I feel like, I genuinely feel like a piece of it is, like, actually coming down from the burnout of and just like the stress of COVID Mm -hmm. and being in our houses and like literally anytime I try to travel like it gets canceled and I'm stressed because I'm like am I contagious am I sick do I have COVID and I think it just all caught up to me in 2021 and I crashed Mm -hmm. in more ways than I could have anticipated and it has been an actual tsunami, tornado, hurricane in my personal life. Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> um, yeah, do you, you want to ask me a specific question? I don't know where to start. I didn't really prep questions, but, you know, we were just saying we could debrief, like, at the drop of a hat. It's so, so I guess true. I'll just do that. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, well... I keep we keep saying sabbatical, which is like an LOL, but I think sabbatical sabbatical is like when you're resting. Yeah. I don't think you're even at the rest point until like right now. So maybe now is technically when you're yeah <clears throat> you're in your sabbatical. But you're saying your personal life is a tsunami. Mm-hmm. In what way? I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go in this. So well, I don't yeah. really know the questions. Well, ask. I don't either. <laughs> so okay, well you can say pass. Well, I think like I think I just crashed in more ways than one like I just feel like there was so much disappointment and failure and missed expectations and it just like spiraled me into a really bad depression yeah and more anxiety than I've ever had what failure and what work specifically was where I felt the failure the most but it's I'm not really a I'm not a compartmentalizer, so I think failure for me happens through, like, behavior, but I feel it through relationships. So, like, if I fail in a behavior or something I'm doing, 
I mostly feel the weight of it in how it affects my relationships. Like letting someone down yeah. or, but yeah. I can't, I cannot handle that. When did you realize you were depressed? Um, I don't know. I just remember driving one day, probably like a month and a half, two months ago. And I think it was a Saturday and I just like had this moment where I was like, oh, this is depression. And like, this is not a new thing for me. And so I think that was like a really hard reality to sit with is like, I am very much a roller coaster of a person. Like uh-huh. I, I think I come up and I go down and I think it, I just got to this point where I was like, this is not situational anymore. Like I think yeah. I had a lot of days where I didn't, I was sleeping a lot and, but not good sleep and I didn't I I saw within myself like that I didn't have like much desire anymore Mm -hmm. like the light in my eyes was just like not really there Mm -hmm. I think I don't know I don't know what you would say about me in that time or if you were worried I could tell my friends were more worried than they had been previously um So, yeah, I don't honestly know that it was, like, anything that anybody said that I realized it. It just kind of, like, hit me driving one day, and I was like, oh, this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just because of one thing. That may have, like, sparked it or, you know, added to it, but it, it wasn't the whole reason. Yeah. I think um, this would be a great episode to talk about. We've talked about a little bit with, like, mental health and depression before. Mm -hmm. But even you just saying that made me think, like, we should also touch on, like, friends, how to be a friend in that time, too. Mm -hmm. As you just said that, so I want to get there. But before I do, when you said you were driving, you said this, oh, this is depression. What do you mean this? Like, what were there, what were, like, the... I don't know, signs that, like, made you realize, oh, this is depression. Knowing you, it probably just popped into your head and you were like, I feel this. It really did. (laughs) I think, like, I mean, if I'm, like, looking at that time, I, I mean, I couldn't get through a day. Obviously, anxiety and depression are different, but they often go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could not get through a day where I wasn't, like, having to consciously tell myself to breathe, um, waking up in the middle of the night because I was super anxious about irrational things. Um, I had no desire to cook. I Mm -hmm. had to force myself to see my people. I just wanted to come home and sleep. Um, I'm just going to preface too, like, I'm so sorry to my mother because I (laughs) know this will be very hard for her to listen to. Um... (laughs) But, I mean, she's not, she's not foreign to it, obviously, but I just think as a parent, like, that's hard to hear Mm -hmm. from your, from your kid. Um, so I think it was, like, a a culmination of those things, and then the internalization of, like, the failure I felt, and just, like, not being over, over, not being able to get over that. It was, like, all of those things, and it just being, like, oh, this is what it looks like, and this is... I have tried in every single way to 
do this myself. And I think there's actually no other way for me to get through it than to consider medication. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Sarah had made a point, like, if you were looking at me on the outside, I'm paraphrasing, but like, if you're looking at me on the outside, it looks like you're, you're doing the right things in order to like help get yourself out of that. Like I was still eating pretty healthy. I was like making time to rollerblade. I was like still seeing my friends Mm -hmm. and for the most part performing at work and like sleeping a lot. So I think it almost reiterated the fact that like, and I was even going to therapy too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it almost reiterated, like, there could be another reason Mm -hmm. for some of this stuff that is, has nothing to do with your external world, Mm -hmm. but could be related to my brain. Yeah. Is this the first time that you had considered medication? Yes. Yeah. Really seriously, yeah. Did you end up getting on medication? (laughs) I obviously know all these answers. <laughs> I did. Yes. Feels weird asking, yeah, yeah. but I feel like <laughs> yeah. No, I did, and I, man, I my brother has been on it before, and um, and I remember telling him like a couple of years ago, like it's not something you have to be ashamed of, and honestly, like you need something to help level you out so you have energy to put into the things you need to to do in right. your life, like to focus on your relationships and make time for the things you need to make time for. You're so busy trying to get yourself to a level place. You can't even, yeah. you have nothing left to give anyone else. And what's crazy, I feel like I was kind of getting to that point too, where I was like, I'm spending so much time like walking through these irrational thoughts and why they're not true yeah, and just trying to get myself to breathe. And it's been amazing. Like I... Yeah, I just have so much less anxiety. I feel a lot more normal. Um, I felt a lot of brain fog at first, which I've never experienced before, which was so weird. It was like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like I have this thought in my brain and I know it's there and I know what I want to say, but I can't get it. I can't pull it into my conscious thoughts. Every single woman who has <laughs> been pregnant yeah. or has these small children. Man, can I just, just say, said, I oh, sorry. I can say that for you. Never mind. I don't need medicine. I can just tell you what you're oh, saying. It's, oh, it was horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. But yeah, it has. Which been, I would almost assume has something to do with like your hormones, I guess, especially if that's like so common for pregnancy and yeah. for like women. And then really, medicine is like leveling out your hormones. I mean, from what I understand about it, that mm-hmm. is like one of the biggest startups I guess to helping you feel start feeling that way so it makes sense but yeah thanks for being honest I wouldn't have told on you if you said no (laughs) oh I mean I really like I knew I I remember like there were a few moments like in my darkest points where I was like I'm just gonna say like there were days where like I wasn't suicidal Mm -hmm. mother I wasn't suicidal (laughs) but like there were days where I just like could not see a world where it was going uh-huh. to feel differently. Not that my life is horrible. Like, I have a really good life, but I just couldn't see past this darkness. It's, like, hopeless. Yeah. There's really nothing that can come out of that. Yeah. And I... 
but I knew there was hope only because like I remember thinking like I can't wait to get to the other side of this so that I can share my story and share how medication and these different things have helped me in my own life. So I knew even in like the darkest points that it wasn't as bad as it could have been because there was still that piece that like I wanted to be here because I wanted my story to help someone else. Yeah, definitely. Um, before I even answer it myself, how, what was that dynamic with your friends and family the, or the family that you did tell about it? Like, mm-hmm. how did you see that from their perspective? What was the most helpful um, piece of that? I, I feel like I always am like raving about my people. I just, they've been the greatest part of my life. Um, they're the people that make me feel the most known and like I'm not crazy or alone and I felt so supported and it wasn't you know people like doing anything crazy it was Mm -hmm. just like checking on me every day or talking about it or not talking about it like it wasn't always talking about like the darkness but just like continuing normal life um but I did feel such an intentionality with my closest people. I would say on the family side, it was a little bit harder. And I think a big part of that was because they're not here. And so it feels like you can't do much. Absolutely. So I want to give credit there that like, I can't imagine being away that far and having to, worry and sift through that so um and uh, my favorite fun fact about jamie not to troll in a time that's so serious but she that what i what i try to tell people who are far away is she literally sounds so bad over the phone she could be having like the best day and she will still answer a phone call like hey (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh good yeah i don't know what are you doing (laughs) jamie (laughs) Put a little pep in your step or something. Yeah. <laughs> without, literally, without the literally without the d- depression or anything else. Like, you, she has just always been, I will get off the phone with John, or John will be in the room, I'll get off the phone with you. And I'd be like, what was wrong with Jamie? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's fine. And he was like, she literally sounds like she's, like, dying or something. And I was like, no, she's just talking on the phone. Which is so ironic because John is the exact same way. He's yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> And then you, he doesn't speak for, like, another five minutes. Uh-huh. So truly from afar, I can't, like, I think our friends here had the privilege, really, of, like, being yeah. able to see the highs, too. Like, mm-hmm. see that there were, like, yes moments where you would come up. But, yep. man, honestly, on a phone call, <laughs> it probably never felt like no. that. No, no, it, it didn't. Even if you were, like, on a high that day, it still probably wasn't really seen so... Truly kudos to the yeah. distance. Yeah. And I think I just felt like this this pressure that like they were thinking about it. And so it was just like, okay, I don't <laughs> I'm still a normal person. Like, yeah. please don't <laughs> look at me like I'm a puppy in a box that's not getting picked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So from your perspective, what was it like? Well, <laughs> I don't want to put Jamie on blast here, but honestly, from the from the opposite end, 
this has been like maybe a year and a half long mm-hmm. ordeal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on, I, I think it is, um, worth mentioning or worth being said that like it really was maybe even longer but at least a year and a half long thing at least from like the the worst of it I would say Mm -hmm. and honestly I felt like every season was a little bit different in my like response to it um and so it's hard to say at large because I'm thinking of a lot of different moments in the last like year and a half of processing that so hard to hear I will (laughs) It's just, I mean, you're not wrong. It's just like uh, so disappointing to hear, you know? No, it, I mean, it's not. Disa- I mean, it's not disappointing from on my end or like bad on my end. I'm just truly thinking like I think that is worth being said because sometimes I, people I think hear like depression or anxiety or whatever mental health thing from their friends. And I think we try to categorize it almost too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think the response I was giving you in the last month would have been helpful a year ago. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't think my response a year ago would have been helpful like last month Mm -hmm. either. And so I think unfortunately, like we want to bandage it and we want to just like help them resolve it. But there is a level of you're truly just walking with them through it. And I think like they know when they're ready for a next step of what might actually help them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know if it was medicine that would have helped you a year ago. Like, I don't even know that that was the problem. And so, um, you really don't know and you're really not living in their shoes, but you're like walking next to them as they're living in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And, um, that might've been like, that would be what I would say at large. I wish Lauren was here too, because I know she would really chime in as well, but, um, it hurt as well. I think I saw her handle it differently in different seasons too. And like, um, sometimes really yeah. come at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. your guys' responses are so different. Like, I think every time I talked to Lauren, it was like, well, you sound good. <laughs> every time we talked on the phone. And that was just, like, her way of, like, encouraging me to, like, keep going and, like, keep moving. Like, you would never say that to me. But every time no. I was just like, well, you sound good. Like, she's still, I mean, it's just been, like, a consistent thing. Because she also understands the, like, me on the phone. Like, I'm just very, like chill so i think it makes her nervous because she's like is she she sad? makes she makes up for it yeah she like sure it goes to the 10th degree yeah yeah i think that's also worth noting in like relationships in your life too and i think this is where i found freedom in like just being with you in that journey as well as like i'm meant to be one relationship for you in that mm-hmm. time like I did not respond to you in the way that Lauren did Mm -hmm. or the way that your mom did or the way that like other people in our life did. Mm -hmm. And they didn't reply, respond to you in the way I did either. And I think this was the first time I really felt almost like comfort in that. Mm -hmm. I guess this is the first time I've had to walk with someone so long through a journey like that too. But like there was reassurance of there are other people who are going to fill other things and speak other points of whatever Jamie needs in this as well like that's why there's not just one person only in her life Mm -hmm. and there's also kind of something freeing about that too um but the consistency of being who you have always been for that person Mm -hmm. I think is probably what I would say I don't know I mean you could speak to that but what I would say is maybe the best thing to do in that season so I didn't become someone else for you like Lauren has always been an encourager she has always been like well what do we need to do (laughs) how are we feeling like she's always (laughs) um even and kind of on a humor scale brought it like to that yeah and I think she stayed that and I've always been a little bit more of like letting you sit and figure out where we're actually at and Mm -hmm. then 
jumping in when it is really not looking good. And I would say that that's when I did that too. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's because she's going to kill me. But the amount of times last year to Lauren called me like, do we think Jamie's okay? I mean, I'm not really sure. Truly, a year ago, I was saying, like, I really think she is. Like, yeah, I don't think there's anything we can do. And my response did change up until, like, a few months ago. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you, Laura. I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think I knew it was bad when you wanted to take me to dinner just because. <laughs> on a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, on a Thursday night. Like, we're obviously, like, great friends and talk all the time, but. We don't, we don't rarely go to dinner, dinner on a Thursday. And it's like, oh, okay. This is probably an alarming thing. So. I think that is the difference between someone that Lauren is very direct in, in her approaches. And I never really, I just didn't feel like I should be for some reason in, yeah. in our dynamic. And so, um, I don't know, just th- knowing who you are for that person is really helpful, mm-hmm. I think. And just... Getting out of, like, the I'm here to save them. No, you've never been there to save them. You've always been a friend to them, so yeah. keep being a friend to them. Yeah. But I would say we probably got a little more direct with it when it did get to the point of, like, yeah, I think something else is obviously needed because you are doing all the things. Yeah. Um, and I also recognize that some people have friends in that season who aren't doing any of the things, and that's really hard, too, because you're, mm-hmm. like, not only are you walking with them, but you're watching them actually, Yes. like, I don't want to say sabotage, but almost. Almost. Like, it's, like, even worse. It's, yeah. like, feeding into the darkness that's already there. Yeah. And honestly, there's been some seasons where you've done that, too. But, again, it's so situational. It was more yeah. situational is a better word for it. Yeah. Um. And so I, I do recognize walking with people like that would also be really difficult. But still just, like, being who you can be for them. Yeah. Um. Is what I would say. I saw all of your people do the most, really. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw anybody change that dynamic. Which I'm grateful for. I mean, I think it, I think everybody has their own needs for sure. I think for me, I just wanted to feel like with the people that knew me best, they still saw me, Mm -hmm. you know, in the midst of like a place where I felt so not like me in some ways. I just wanted somebody to recognize like who I was still, even if I was sadder or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah there's also I would say there's an element almost like a, a perk to the fact that like I mean you have your master's in counseling so mm-hmm. you can't really you can't so you can but you can't really like counsel the counselor you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I think what was the most different about you in the last few months than any other time that you've, cause you, again, you have, I think you've battled a depression before mm-hmm. maybe not to the degree it got to right now, but you have before. And, um, I think this was the first season I actually saw you counsel yourself through that. So truly there's not, not everybody's story. It turns out like the mm-hmm. one we're talking about now, but I don't even know that I know, on a side note, we had all said, like, I think maybe medication is best here. I don't know if anyone really said it to you, mm-hmm. but I remember you just calling so certain one day, and you're like, I'm just doing it. I'm getting medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I was, like, jumping up and down. <laughs> but I said, that's so, yeah, I yeah. think that's really great. <laughs> uh-huh. I think that'd be a really good move. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, like, really the first time I think I saw you, like, process in a way of getting yourself there as well. And so... Um, I think there's also something to be said about the journey for yourself going through it. Like, not yeah. you, but I've seen you process depression differently. And I don't know if that's, like, a light for someone mm-hmm. at the end of a tunnel somewhere. 
but I just think how you are processing, how you processed your depression in this season was, gosh, so different than when you were processing the other big spell I can think of was like 2016 or so, 2017, I can't remember. Is that when I moved back? Or before? It was when you were moving away, actually. And then again when you came back. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a little up and down. Yeah, yeah, it has. Cole, welcome to my life, everyone. You're getting everything. Um, But honestly, it's been... Like when I lived at home? No. When did you live at home? Like before I moved to Nashville? Yeah, I'm actually running all that together. Yeah, right. I... I agree. That was a yes really before you moved to Nashville. Yes. yes, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the hardest seasons. Yeah, and she was moving. So now in that season, we were the friends that were far. Uh huh. And only getting the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but it's just it is honestly like not cool. Cool is a bad word, but reassuring to see that like with time in understanding your depression you have handled it differently like mm-hmm. what you were doing even externally like Sarah said but you weren't doing that stuff in that season either like mm-hmm. you really were sitting so much more in it and mm-hmm. I think from a friend standpoint it just it shows a lot of being with people in different seasons but also that it's just not always gonna look the same like depression isn't always gonna look the same anxiety isn't always gonna look the same yeah um the highs and the lows don't always look the same either. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think like I am the type of person, like I am always processing, like I'm just always thinking about how this is affecting me. And I think that's to my fault and benefit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, okay, stop processing. <laughs> and then other times it's like, I really gotta, I've got to get to the other side of this and I'm not going to get to the other side if I don't like really sit in the middle of it. But and then I make a decision and I just want to go. So, like, I have been, I guess, processing this and sitting in it for a really long time. And then it was. It was just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay, I want to go tomorrow kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I do, I mean, I remember, I think one of the pieces that was not, I, I really didn't feel shame in getting on medication. Mm-hmm. But there was a piece of me that was like, this is foreign to me. Like, I don't have a doctor I've not been to the doctor in like I've never had a doctor here and I've lived here for 10 years so like I am not a medicine person like I will take three Tylenol every month but like I'm I'm saying a lot to say like I am very ignorant to that world and so I do I remember sitting in the doctor's office and just being like what is my life right now you know like I just I don't know anything about this like literally had to ask a friend like how do you refill a prescription like I I've I've never had a prescription like I do not know what I'm doing so different than our world so I feel like for me it was more of like I just don't know how to do this like I don't I mean me giving Liam medication is like what is this for how do you get on like six yeah and I just like I just didn't know about that world so it just felt like this weird introduction into healthcare and yeah. insurance and ugh, beyond just, mental health that that's just healthcare like, yeah yeah which is horrible by the way <laughs> horrible i mean yeah i probably see a doctor like twice a month at this point so you don't <laughs> tell me that i mean like I, I was like i don't even know where the doctor is like what what <laughs> office you know yeah so but yeah i think all in all i just 
before, I guess once I got to that point, it was like something lifted and I could look back through high school and just see these like waves of like, yeah, there, there might actually be a chemical imbalance here of Mm -hmm. like the way that you constantly find yourself in this darkness mm-hmm. and almost like every six months yeah really no matter what happened or there right. happened to be something every six months i don't know but. and it's just triggered by anything <clears throat> yeah like i think it's triggered more by work the older you get or like your relationships but yeah i mean it has been i think there was so much that happened in the last few months mm-hmm. and i just i could not i just could not put that out there like, I did not want, not that I was af- afraid of what people would think if we were to, like, keep recording. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go back a year from now and listen <laughs> to myself in that season. Like, I don't think I could do it. And, like, I can still go back to a year ago when we were recording and, like, I can hear some of that. It's so, like, I'm already like, oh, man, I, there's so ma- there's so much of me that's not progressed and still in the same place but like very specifically I did not want to go go through this season and have it recorded (laughs) so I don't I don't blame you for that (laughs) also really to be perfectly honest again why I didn't push recording at all I think it would have just ended up being me really putting on a show because honestly Mm -hmm. you just weren't talking in that season at all (laughs) I don't know if you would have heard anything in yourself. I think it, you would just heard yourself mute, like, yeah. 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 Well, what do you think about, like, mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just overall, it's prob- it's for the best, for sure. Yeah. I can't remember if it's, I think it's Brene Brown, and she says something about that, like, with vulnerability, that if it's, if it's not something mm-hmm. that, like, when you share with a room or when you don't or whatever it is, yeah. and it's something, like, if it's not anything that you have processed or healed from entirely, oh, I wish I could remember the quote. It's like if you're going to get your healing from an audience, you're not ready to talk oh, about it. Oh, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. If if your if their response yes. determines how you feel about sharing it, yep. you're not ready to share yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that is a word for someone. That's a word of wisdom. That's actually probably a word for like every single person. <laughs> yeah. On social media yeah, and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that when I heard that one that that stuck with me and so yeah I'm glad you modeled that uh-huh. <laughs> I did and there was so much of me that wanted to keep doing it because honestly even not doing this felt like a failure too because like I just wanted to be consistent at one thing you know mm-hmm. yeah and I couldn't do that and I think depression aside like this has been such a season of like letting go of expectations and sitting in like the failure of who I felt like people perceived me to be. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard. Mm-hmm. And just ex- internalizing that mm-hmm. more than I should have or needed to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What was causing you to even internalize that? I felt so bad. Like, I just, I think there were just things that happened that and because I was in such a low place I couldn't get out like I just kept internalizing that which kept me there longer yeah so like I think it could have been a whole different experience had I been on medication Mm. when some of those things happened but like we'll never know and that's fine 
but yeah, it's just been, it's been amazing to, to like feel differently yeah. now and just like I can do things and don't have like severe anxiety about them or I mean I can like actually be in a room or accomplish tasks and I'm not worried about the other side like obviously there's still there's still anxiety there's still worry but it's like significantly different mm-hmm. more level out yeah and I, I guess I would preface too like I feel a difference and this is like my first medication like it I would say like most people don't get on the right dosage and stuff mm. on their yeah. first That's go true. around so I feel grateful that what I was given has helped at the onset I just would say it doesn't always work that way yeah that's very true so that's so true yeah <clears throat> or even the type it is or whatever mm-hmm. yeah well what's um what's one thing you'd tell someone who's where you were what's one thing you tell someone who's where where you were two months ago but even like where you were a year ago because I think both of them felt different and really were perceived different. I think I would just say, like, you don't have to do it on your own. Like, I think when I came to the realization that I struggle with depression and I should go on medication, I felt relief and also disappointment. Relief, well, I guess disappointment because, like, that's just hard to know that. I guess to to sit with that reality but so much relief in knowing that like oh my gosh this could be something that has nothing to do with my external world and if something could help me finally feel normal and like more level thank god Mm -hmm. like it's not up to me to like I mean these still these things are still important but I guess what I'm saying is like if you don't work out every day and eat well and go to therapy and, like, all of these things, like, (laughs) you're trying to do all this stuff, but, like, there is another piece to it, and that can also help benefit you. I still obviously recommend all of those things and still incorporate so much of that into my life, but there was just a relief in knowing, like, there's actually another option for me Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've tried everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, what I would say to someone that's like maybe feels imbalanced or kind of crazy or like they find themselves on this roller coaster every six months, like I would just consider it. Like it's why would you not try something that would help you stabilize your world, mm-hmm. you know, and something I've been kind of questioning and thinking through and I don't know the answer to so this is me just like talking in real time but like I don't know how you get off of it Mm -hmm. like I don't know how you know (laughs) that you don't have anxiety anymore that you're Mm -hmm. not depressed anymore um so that's a piece I'm like hmm I wonder like if there will be a day where I don't need this anymore but I think I guess I'm kind of jumping around a little bit but something that really helped me like not feel shame in getting on medication is um my favorite professor in grad school uh he was kind of like a a mentor counselor to me he had told me one time that he had been on antidepressants for like 20 years and I had so much respect for him and would have never guessed 
And so I think I've held on to that since grad school. And so because I knew that and sat with that years ago, I feel like it helped me go into it a little bit quicker, Mm -hmm. easier, but like it it still was a journey. Like I wasn't there a year ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess like if I could be that voice to somebody, like maybe it's not going to be for a year that you get to a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I need to try out medication. Mm -hmm. Um, but just know like there's so many people in your life that actually are on medication and you just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And it, it could be for a season. It could be forever. Like, you don't know. And I don't know. But um, I guess I'm grateful for the stability I feel and the balance. So if you're looking for that <laughs> and you find yourself you know, in a darker place, I guess I would just have a conversation with your doctor. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a doctor, get one. I didn't have one, so I got one, and here we are. Ten years later. Yeah. I just, I didn't grow up that way. Like, we just didn't, we didn't run to the doctor if, my mom literally would say, like, I'd be like, Mom, I don't, I feel this, or this, this hurts, and she's like, ah, just Google it. And I'm like, okie dokie. So I've, like, taken on a lot of that approach where I'm just like, I'll get over it. I'll, I'll be fine. My gosh. In New York, you, I don't think you could walk out of your house without like being vaccinated yeah. and having gone to the doctor. Like <clears throat> I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we, it wasn't even like optional for public schools in New York. So you like had to see a doctor that year in order to go to school. Well, we did. It just like, <clears throat> we were, we were, pretty healthy people like we didn't have a lot of sickness like my best friend Kayla I mean the girl always had like pneumonia or bronchitis like every year so I mean I saw the extremes and I just lived on the side where I was like you know toughen up put some dirt on it you'll be fine yeah well more on that later and the different takes of medicine yeah yeah. I think in around in the Midwest, it, or I guess, I don't know, I still don't know where we are. Midwest, South, whatever you guys want to call it. Southern debate Every time we talk about it. Who knows? But that is very common around here, period. Like, people just don't really have doctors, or they have natural doctors, or, you yeah. know, whatever it is. So, yeah. all, all to say, I'm glad you're in a better place, and feeling in a better place. <laughs> now, grateful to be on the journey with you. Yeah, I mean... Grateful to be back on a podcast with you. Yep. Yep. It's been for the short time we have. It's been a journey and uh I'm just not gonna go into this long spiel of thanks, but I really felt supported by you and you just still surprise me in your response to things and you can be you can be tough in ways, but like I never felt that with you. And yeah, I guess for me personally, I was grateful to not have the tough love in my circle of friends. So some people really do need that. I just, it's not helpful. I think mm-hmm. I do that enough to myself. And so I needed like the tenderness of my people to just love me where I was at. And um, yeah, I guess just normalize me mm-hmm. and where I was. So. Thanks. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. It really is. What the heck else is friendship for? <laughs> Honestly. Get me out. 
trips to Austin would kind of be what it, what we'd be here for too. But you know, yeah. at least we can be here for the big, big, big stuff as well. Yeah, you know, Austin the is like stuff. all about tacos and stuff, food trucks and whatever. And I've like always been like kind of anti tacos. Like it's all I see on dating apps and anti tacos. Listen, let me explain. I like I can inhale chips and salsa. Uh-huh. Like there is no end to how much I can eat when it comes to chips and salsa. Most taco places don't give that to you, so like why am I going to bother? What taco places are you going to? Well, like Tacos Don Francisco's, like they don't give you chips and salsa. I don't want to buy it. I want to be given that for free. I'm that, might be, like, that might be the only place that doesn't give you no, chips and salsa. No, no, no. People also like Don Francisco's great, but like wasting your time if you're not going to La Flama, who does in fact give you chips and salsa. And if you're not local to Tulsa, feel free to just come on over for a road trip. We'll Honestly, the there, there's more to do here than you would think. Yeah, it's be it's become a more it's awesome. I think part two step step sister. Pop in place, so hit us up. Mm-hmm. Flights to here are a thousand dollars. They so. are getting a, f- a direct flight from Tulsa to Austin this fall. Tulsa to Austin? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I know. Also, <clears throat> Syracuse, shout out to my hometown, is finally getting Southwest. So, amen. Man, I'm actually coming a longer way staying in Tulsa. Clearly, because I didn't even realize Syracuse didn't have Southwest. I was like, oh my gosh, duh. That's why every flight I buy there is like eight hundred dollars because yeah. they don't even have Southwest. Yeah. What place? Anyway, they're getting that, so yeah. Maybe shout out to Syracuse too, but I'd honestly say come to Tulsa first. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, in news of food, tacos, our hometowns. Yeah. Tulsa. How do how do all those things relate? I'm not sure. What's Stay trending? <laughs> What's yeah, trending yeah. in your world? Yeah, I. Well, it's been a lot of months, so I mean, I could probably say a couple things. Well, um, we're we're I think we're continuing to record, so save some for. I know. One of the things that stands out is uh, my friend Rachel recommended an episode with um, Doc Shepard and Adam Grant. Oh, yeah. He's a organizational psychologist. He has his doctorate and studied that. Um, the episode is incredible. It's so interesting. Um, but he has his own podcast. I, fr- I think it's Work Life is what it's called, but search Adam Grant and you should find it. But he talks all about I a lot of stuff. Life. He has an episode with Brene brown and talks about what vulnerability isn't which is kind of like her mo but really interesting in like a work setting Mm -hmm. um always yeah so i would say that's been something i've enjoyed um and then i mean i guess i'll say olivia rodrigo's album oh yeah that is a good one i have to say yeah i hated that i was on that kick i was on that train the day it came out i think yeah didn't waste any time no i just owned it you should. And then I think the last thing I would say is I got this new pan. <laughs> and it is... Yes, you do love your pan. Uh, salmon colored. It's got a steamer in it. You can boil in it. It's got a little spigot. It's got a place for the spoon. I mean, 30s is all about maybe we'll like Maybe that. we'll link it on Trendish when uh, when we come out here. Yeah. It's when this one episode comes so out. so pretty. And yeah, what about you? The pan does nothing for me. Personally. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it would. <laughs> uh, for me, outside of the pan, John might really like it. Maybe I should show it to him sometime. There's many colors. Yeah, we were... Uh, I, I was sick again this weekend, folks. So just honestly, <laughs> I don't just know. just been sick Will I ever months? go anywhere? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't get to go with John to his like, this like work trip thing he had. And so 
Uh, he left last night, and literally as he was leaving, I thought to myself, like, we have no food. Mm. Well, we had food, mm. but it was, like, yeah. the kind you have to cook, you know? And, like, prepare? Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. Oh, I left Liam with his cousin Lonnie and went to Whole Foods and bought, like, ten items of prepackaged meals. Yeah. But from Whole Foods, I always feel a little better. Like, it's not like I'm buying, like, Hamburger Helper, you know. I, it's like Whole Foods. Listen, give me a night with Hamburger packaged. Helper. Sometimes, like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> but I would still have to cook that even. Yeah, so true. I'm talking, like, true. packaged in the sense it's like, you All know, you have to do is, like, put it in. The oven. Yeah. Which I did. So I do it all, come home, and I'm, I'm getting everything out. You know, Liam's, like, watching me. Yeah. That's the line. I was like, wow, I'm really getting a picture of myself as a stay-at-home mom. Or, like, a single mom if, you know. God forbid anything ever happened to John. Yeah. Whole Foods would be making a killing off me. Well, they are. I'm not saying they, make a killing they already. already are making a killing <laughs> off me, but I mean, that would be our, that would be our testimony. That would be our story is the prepackaged meals from Whole Foods. I wish. I Lonnie was so that. annoyed with me. She was like, if I knew that this is where you were going when I took Liam, I wouldn't have even taken him. You, you, you don't need this stuff. You have all this stuff here where I could have made it. I was like, okay, you sound like our moms and honestly... I don't need that right now. No. <laughs> Lonnie. Whole Foods is, does it different. Yeah, Meaning, they, they do. do it. They Exactly. <laughs> also, shout out to Whole Foods. They actually have really good prepackaged stuff. Not going to lie. If I if we were actually made of money, I would probably go there all the time. I have probably eaten out more in the last few months than ever. Yeah. Like, because I've not had a desire to cook, it's been like, let's go out. Yeah. No, I've, I mean, John and I, oh, I would say we go out, like, a few times a week. Yeah. At least. Since I've been pregnant, I... I try not to during the <sighs> week. It used to be like, Sometimes I'll go for, like, a lunch, but I try to save it for the weekend because I usually go out for most of the weekend. Yes, that, that's what we do, too. Yeah. Except for now, it's just costs too much. So, anyway, what's trending is apparently Whole Foods. I didn't mean to shout out Whole Foods. Just wanted to give everyone a picture that I clearly have no interest in a pan in any way, shape, or form. Did you know Austin? But John probably would. Whole Foods started in Austin? No. Did it start with Whole Foods? Did it start with Amazon? Amazon bought Whole Foods. Yes. Yeah, correct. that's right. Okay. But like the one in Austin is just the original. Beautiful. The OG. Yeah. I need to check it out. It's great. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to go next time. Well, hopefully. <laughs> okay. In my world, the one thing I would say, uh, you're you're right. After you said a few months, I was like, wow, there actually are a few things. Yeah. Mainly podcasts, honestly. But though I took a co- kind of a podcast like break. I did too. Really, like I, I wasn't too. listening to a ton of stuff. Me either. Even music. I mean, I have like a two-hour drive altogether in my commute Yeah. each day to work. There are some days that I was like, it's just going to be silent. I think I just need 45 minutes of silence mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's probably the only silence you get in your life. Ignoring calls that came in. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I guess I was really feeling that the last few months. So, But I did start jumping back into podcasts again, and the one, oh, you know what I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, I know it. Annie F. Downs interviewed Christine Kane mm-hmm. on her new book, How Did I Get Here?, I have to say, I love I love Kristen Kane. I have yeah. talked about her before. Yes. So let me preface with this before I say the next thing. Yeah. I love her. But I honestly thought when I saw that that she had interviewed her, I was like, oh, I could I already know everything Kristen Kane's gonna say. I mean, she is just like uh-huh. It's like getting coffee with Lauren. Yeah. You pretty much know everything they're gonna say. You love them. You're yeah. gonna get coffee with them because You love them. You love them. You do know what they're gonna say though. Uh-huh. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Christine Kane, man, Lauren should really be on here to like stick up for herself every now and then. <laughs> no, she'll be blessed for talking about her. 
Um, she just likes to be included. Yes. So that's how I felt about this podcast when Kirsten Kane. No. Blew my expectations yeah. out. It is not what I thought she was going to say. Well, she kind of has like her lanes that she talks about. And then, yes. I mean, she, she talks so fast, but so like you get something new every time. But yeah. like, this was a whole new topic. No, we're on a new lane. We're yeah. on a new road. Yes. We hit a new road new trip. highway. Right. So I was literally thinking same same thing. Like, okay, yeah. it'll be about the same, but she'll have some really good one-liner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll listen to it. Not. At all, mm-hmm. what I anticipated it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, already loved her and just got an even deeper love and respect for her in going through that. I don't know if it was the season that I listened to the podcast. Maybe everyone else would listen to the episode and be like, okay, yeah. it was like fine on. I don't know. Again, might have just been personally to where I'm at right now, but I was like, yeah. All right. Sister. I was I was shocked by how much she talked about like the friendship piece and like how deeply that wounded her. And that she is an Enneagram 8. <laughs> I have never felt more validated in myself. <laughs> you know, I texted you immediately. Yeah. I was driving and texted you. I said, yeah. "Did you know?" Mm-hmm. Listen, like to be a female and to be an Enneagram 8 is just hard. I'm just going to acknowledge it. Like that is not a good number. It is not like <laughs> people are like, "Oh my, oh, that's so like great. You help people uh-huh. like you're t- no it's like in their heads I know they think like okay well let me like take a step back because they're probably gonna like come for my life or something yeah. you know dumb mm-hmm. I'm being very dramatic I know it's not always like that but I'm just saying like eight women they hard. get a bad rap it's hard yeah okay yeah if you're an eight man you get a great rap you're I a great love- leader oh my gosh you're so awesome I love so respected. Eights. always have I've got a slew <sighs> of them in my life I was supposed to say it's a good thing because like all your friends are yeah they eights. are Anyway, when I heard, when Christine Kane said she was an eight, I said, I, I'm not finding my identity in this, but I am feeling a little validated. Yes. <laughs> that I can still be just a, that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to finish the sentence. There was just some validation there. Yeah. Okay. So that isn't why that I love the episode, but there were some fun facts she said about herself, including that and just how self-aware she was too. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I just didn't know. She's always so fiery, like, just up here that I think this is an episode where she really came down, and... And and I feel like she's usually not emotional. No. But this was, like, a side of her that she really, like, I don't know, had a different vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. She'd clearly gone through the fire. That's pretty much what it is. (laughs) Experienced some vulnerability, and now she's sharing it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so there's just a lot she talked about, but ultimately the premise is, because I think I should just get to the point of what the podcast probably was for people who might be interested in it. Yeah. Um, But essentially, if you don't know where Christine Kane is, like a, I don't know, we would call her probably an evangelist Mm -hmm. today. Hate that terminology, but really probably that's what we would call her. She probably would call herself Um, that. Yeah, probably. And so uh, she's awesome. She's great. But... Essentially, her book and the whole podcast was about, she's in, I don't know, her I can't remember what she said, 50, early 50, yeah. mid-50s or something like that. Yeah. And uh, she was going to quit. No rhyme or reason. Like, it, she didn't she didn't have a moral failure. She mm-hmm. didn't have, she just truly was like, um, this hurts too much. Like, this costs too much. The gospel, mm-hmm. all the stuff she runs, it's too hard. And I don't want it anymore. And I have a lot of respect for somebody who will acknowledge that i'll leave you with this quote this is typically what i try to do whenever i recommend a podcast um reel them in but my favorite one of my favorite things she said that i really think kind of summarizes up the whole podcast um is when she said what was once an opportunity for me has now become a responsibility yes 
That's what it was. Okay. I had to make sure it was Christine Kane, but it was. Yeah. What was once an opportunity for me has become solely a responsibility. And I think we are like living in a generation of people who are looking for so many opportunities. Yeah. So many platforms, like and so do. many. Christine Kane got them all. Yeah. And she is now 20 years later saying like what was once an opportunity I'm, like, carrying the burden of a responsibility now. Yep. And I do not think we know what we're asking for. No. Sometimes in our cute little prayers. No. Um, or dreams or visions or vibes or whatever it is that you carry. But mm-hmm. I just, hearing her say this now yeah. on the other side of the journey, I was like, we don't know what we're asking for. No. And that's my synopsis of her interview. So go ahead and listen to that if you haven't yet. Live, love your thoughts. Annie F. Downs with Christine Kane. Couldn't tell you the number, but episode number 297. She has a lot of episodes. Mm -hmm. That sounds fun. Check it out. Yep. Well, we'll be back for a couple months. Couldn't tell you really how long exactly. It just depends on my sabbatical and on just pregnancy. And my struggles within it. Yeah. Not even the pregnancy, just the struggles within it. Keep us in your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and uh, feel free to message me if you have questions about depression, anxiety, medication. Feel free to message me if you have questions about pregnancy, sweating, looking for the right pool, um, air conditioning, or just, you know, staying sane in months of sickness. Mm -hmm. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you thought of today's episode by tagging us on social media. This is Trendish. We'll see you soon.